0: Welcome to The Oriole. I'm Andrea Bacigalupo. I'm an artist and a sculptor, and I created this podcast to give women artists of all ages and stages a platform to talk about their lives as artists. I was inspired by something Judy Chicago once said about the lack of the recorded history of women artists. With each episode of this podcast and its archive, we hope to fill in the void. Interviews are published on the last Thursday of the month, bringing you the intriguing stories of women artists and expanding the archive of the Oriel. Today's interview is with delightful Susie Barnard. She and I talked in her studio, which is in the historic studios at the well-preserved Pier 70 in San Francisco. Susie has been established at this location for many years. She talks about her young life in England and what brought her to the U.S., and she shares a funny story that will resonate especially with painters. Have a listen. I hope you enjoy this playful and breezy interview. Susie, what is your full name and why were you named that?
1: Well, my full name is uh, Suzanne Mary Barnard. Barnard is my dad's family name. Mary is my grandmother's name, my um, mom's mom, um, and Suzanne with a Z, A N N E was, I think, a name my mom fancied because one of her cousins was called Suzanne, and she liked the nickname Susie. That's
0: actually another one of my questions. Did you have a nickname when you were growing up? And if so what was it and it sounds mm-hmm. like you've already mentioned why you you were called that.
1: Is well there any that was art? yes um Susie was really just really more my name. I didn't go by Suzanne very much unless it was some formal context. So I did have other nicknames that were you know within the family. My dad specialized in coming up with ludicrous nicknames for us and we never really knew quite what they stemmed from. So I was known as Susie Seguin or just the Seguin, Seig or um, Seguin Honditot. So that's
0: <laughs> Seguin
1: Yeah. So I'm still, they just, my siblings refer to me as Seguin, you know, or the, yeah, you know, it's just an affectionate nickname. Yes. There, so yeah. Within the family.
0: Yeah, that's great. Did you ever give yourself a new name? Never. No. Okay. (laughs) Do you mind if I ask when and where
1: you were born? Sure. I was born on June the 6th, 1958, in Northern England in a little, what's the word, uh, part of Newcastle on Tyne, an area called Gosforth, Northern England. Northern England. How did you come to be an artist? Well, I always identified as somebody who was really, you know, excited to be making art. Uh, As a child, it was sort of encouraged by my mother, especially. And so I, it was something I was good at, and I, and it felt good to get that positive feedback. Uh, Well, when I say I was good at it, it felt like, you know, it was, it was a positive experience. Mm-hmm. And it just something that was a strong strand throughout my childhood. I'd say my academics weren't that great, and um, and I leaned on the on the art thing as being that was my thing, and I always wanted to develop it and grow it. And you know, I I like the romantic idea of being an artist. What a crazy thing that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody stopped me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, do
0: you mind if I ask what brought you to the US?
1: Um, well, um, I'm half American. My mother was American, so I had this lucky dual nationality. And I, After I graduated from college in 1980, it just seemed like it would be a really good thing to come to the States and explore and perhaps try to go to graduate school. And that idea was percolating uh, at the same time that one of my old um, professors from uh, Bristol Polytechnic, where I was an art student, contacted me out of the blue. His name was Hassel Smith, and he's a... Yes. Bay Area artist uh, you yeah. heard of. A painter? Yeah, 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 and he was a revered teacher yes. that I was slightly afraid of, but mm. had a lot of respect for. And so I, I, I was sort of summoned by this handwritten note mm. to see, would I be interested in, in living in the San Francisco Bay Area for a few months because he had, knew some people who were looking for an au pair. Mm. And so I found out about it, and it, you know, at that young age, it just seemed like, oh, sure, that sounds like an adventure. Yeah. And so um, I ended up coming out here in 1981 and living in Berkeley as an au pair, which didn't last long. It was pretty awful, actually, mm. but um, here I still am. Yeah, I got out right. of that, started, found a job, you know, applied to graduate school and here I am. And like Hassel, Hassel Smith, you know, um, they, you know, he and his family became kind of a lifelong connection. And, you know, I, feel they, I think they feel very responsible for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for the fact that they started me on this path. Yes. Did yeah. he
0: teach at um, the Art Institute?
1: He did, a long time ago, very mm-hmm. much so. He was yeah. a big character there, I think, you know, in the 50s. Actually, and he probably yeah. did guest gigs later and like, in the Bay Area I think yeah, was just, Cal. yeah he came back and taught at Cal yeah. yeah he was a very good teacher funny man eccentric man I really respected him I think he was probably quite difficult but um, he was always great with me he died about mm, I think in 2012 I think mm. yeah
0: mm, thank you is there someone else Uh, Who made an impact on you as an artist? You know, maybe a teacher a parent another adult or another artist?
1: Um, I'd say it's a medley of lots of different things I don't think I could say I had one shining Mentor that took me by the hand Mm -hmm. It's been a you know an assortment of Mm -hmm. aha moments of watching people Mm -hmm. always been in awe of when you see a, a, an artist that's been working their entire life, and they, you know, reach grand old age and they're still doing it and they're still doing it. I've always been impressed by that longevity. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Um, are you a parent? Um, do you want to talk about being a parent and an artist? If you are,
1: yes. I'm a parent, um, and I do think that's a very. It's been a very um, important part of my life. It, um, it's been a difficult struggle to be a parent and try and be a fine artist. Uh, you know, especially as a as a woman, I feel like the impact has been more pronounced. I have. Two children. Uh, my eldest son is twenty sorry, no, he's thirty and he lives in New York and he's an architect. My daughter is twenty-two, Clover, and she has she's just, you know, left she's sort of flown the nest. But I found it very difficult when um, my son was a baby. Um, I felt this deep obligation to keep my artwork going and it felt impossible to find the time. I was a stay-at-home mom. You know, there was my husband at the time was an artist. We had no money to spend on childcare and any job I might have gone to do was not really paid enough. My skills were such that I wasn't able to earn enough money to really make the math work. For yes. all that childcare you'd need, mm-hmm. so it you know i and I really wanted to be with my kids um, when they were young. I felt that it was a strong pull, and I relished it immensely, but meanwhile, there was this tug of war of somehow trying to find carve out space, and that was hard, and I felt incredibly thwarted at times and um Resentful that it was somehow my sacrifice and not the male sacrifice. Yeah, I I really did feel that at times, um, especially with my first marriage. Shift. <laughs> 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 we'll go <come> into that.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, but but on the positive note, though, as as my kids sort of grew older and they were a bit more. Independent and they were off in school, I found I had this time where I had a studio to go to and that was important to get out of the house um, and separate myself from the domestic um, chores. And I had this fortuitous finding of the studio here at Pier 70 where we are now where I discovered this view of the bay out my studio window that opened up this incredible new journey for me with my painting just by chance. Um, This subject matter of looking at what was out my window gave me a focus that I could plug into even in a very fractured schedule, I could, if I had time to come to the studio, I could just step right back in and get back on this this ride with this with the paintings and the discovery of this new subject matter, and that was probably a very important thing for me to have a consistent, um, you know, sense of purpose. Instead of thrashing around in the in those moments, you scavenged for yourself for yourself as a mom Mm -hmm. in a studio, which felt incredibly conflicted. Like you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many other things you should be doing, is and you know the amount of tasks that pile up um, with the family. Um, Yes, and to carve this time out for myself, which was unpaid and actually a drain on our resources. took a huge amount of courage and willfulness (laughs) and luckily my husband has been incredibly supportive, you know, just never questioned it. (laughs) Um, But to have, to be able, it was always like a focus thing, like if you only have fractured amounts of time, it's very hard to get any real work done and that was always the struggle. So to be able to just step into this theme that was always waiting for me was a huge you know breakthrough in that my my work got focused finally instead of casting about for oh i don't know what i'm gonna do oh dear shall i do this shall i do that oh god and now i've got to go and pick up kids from school yeah right yeah
0: yeah the, one of the words that comes to mind for me is that it was kind of an anchor, you know, oh, for you.
1: why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you have in the Yes, it was. Literally, it was an anchor and a lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I was able, you know, in my 40s, finally, to kind of hold on to something and keep it going consistently and build, build you know, a body of work and develop and feel good about it, you know, and, you know, it helped a lot, so, there.
0: I think we've talked about that, one of the reasons I'm doing the interviews and this podcast is because I think that women's, um, especially women artists' memories, um, have not been widely recorded Mm -hmm. or archived and there's kind of a void throughout art history of women's voices in their experiences and so um, my next kind of question is just to ask if you have um, a story that you'd like to share and uh, for these purposes it it really could be anything (laughs) any story that you would like to tell just really about anything or it could be art related if you want to talk about a show that you saw that was important to you or an event or um, an experience or, you know, I've kind of listed some possible topics mm-hmm. for you so I won't go on and on, but is there something you'd like to
1: to share Well, as part of a record? Part of a record. I've had trouble coming up with some profound observations about you know women in art history um, mm-hmm. but i I think for myself I would say it's the journey of being an artist and saying that's what you are as i don't know whether it's i think it's harder as a woman, given all the especially with the child raising thing, kind of pulling at your you know, ankles all the time. I think it's, it's a difficult path. It's difficult to, um, to manage the finances of it um, for obvious reasons. And here I am in my 60s, and I'm, I feel really happy that I'm really doing it full on. Instead of, kind of in patches like I was, but at the same time, I'm terrified because it's very uncertain, and I um have you know no financial security, and that just terrifies me, frankly. Um, so it's a it's a it's a double-edged sword, uh, you know, Um, and it's lonely and difficult. yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. for all that, um, but you know, I do feel wonderful when I get. I, I I think I need. I like, you know, getting positive feedback of people who see my work and um, respond to it and see the world differently because of it. Makes me feel like I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't do political work. But I do try to um, dig deep in something else that's more soulful for me. It's about, you know, appreciating the world around us and savoring it, mm-hmm. and that I think that's worth something. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but I have one funny little story that okay. is pretty good. I have to say, <laughs> just because it. <laughs> It's back in uh, graduate school at the Art Institute, San Francisco Art Institute, probably in about 1983. I um, It was my turn to bring my work in for the seminar session. You know, that was a big moment where it was, uh, you know, you'd been working towards and I, I had been working on these very big self-portraits, mm. is what I was doing. They're somewhat comical, kind of making fun of myself, which is perhaps a trait. And I'd been working on this big one that was larger than life. It was a six-foot-tall canvas mm. uh, in oils. And it was a picture of myself, kind of my back view, looking over my shoulder in the mirror in my underwear in my like pantyhose and bra you know just sort of looking at my back view in the mirror like yeah. women do it was about body image and all that stuff and it was a wet oil painting i had a few of them but that was the one that was sort of on the top and i was i was stacking them on the roof of this post office mail jeep that i drove at that time <laughs> outside my studio in the mission and I was sort of hurriedly trying to get myself prepared to go to the seminar oh, and the last painting on top was the wet one and I knew I could sort of tie it on in a ways that wouldn't disrupt the paint. I felt like I had it, it was okay. I was prepared to risk it and I laid it on top of the, you know, I had to kind of step up and lay this big painting on top of the jeep and... Just as I placed it down, this huge gust of wind came and flung the painting up, hit me in the chin, flipped over, landed upside down right on the roof of this very fancy car that was parked next to me. This, like a I think it was a Nissan, but it kind of looked like, do you remember those Trans Am's? Those oh, yeah. slinky, yes. uh, yeah, sporty things. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the burglar alarm went off. Oh, no. And <laughs> no. So there I was with the upside down wet oil painting on this fancy, shiny black car with the alarm going. And then the owner of the car and all his colleagues came oh, rushing no. out of this warehouse where they worked they were asian people working in a factory oh. they man they were really up they were furious with oh. me and i was mortified oh, no. and i took the paint picked it up put it aside and i saw that there was <laughs> oh, this imprint no. of the painting on oh, their roof God. and there was this big painting of me in my underwear oh, on, the, on, and the they, yes, on the street <laughs> and, <laughs> so I uh, luckily one of the artists in my building sort of said hey use linseed oil to get it off it will come off don't use turpentine oh yeah uh, so thank god he saved me from that and I said don't worry I can get it off and I cleaned it up and 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 by the time I was they saw it was going to be okay they were laughing and everything and so off I went. I tied the painting back on. Mm-hmm. I got to my class, and just as I was unloading the paintings, this huge thunderstorm. Oh no! <laughs> and one of those storms that, where in about five seconds you're completely soaked, as if oh you've been God. in the shower. <laughs> so I had to sort of then unload the painting and bring it in and. I was soaking wet and I looked like a ridiculous drowned rat with a wet <laughs> oh, no. painting and anyway, it the seminar was fine and they thought it was a great story and they liked the painting and it was all fine but I've never in my life encountered quite such a fraud. <laughs> yeah to get there. Yeah. Anyway. That's funny. That's yeah. a funny story.
0: <laughs> I was thinking, you know, the, the, the owner of the car, just the scene, I would
1: I would hope that They would have found that humorous. I know. know? I I think eventually they did. I think they at first it was pure horror. Like, what is this woman doing? Yeah, to my beautiful car. Yeah. Yeah. But it
0: it had to be me and my underwear, didn't it? Right. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. A classic scene. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's that's great. Thank you. That's a fun, a fun one, and it really puts a great image. Good. You know, just that that scene. (laughs) Good with the Trans an especially if it was or was not. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, there was
1: something like that, I, <laughs> and I uh, was appalled. At, you know, at the moment of truth that this had happened. <laughs>
0: oh, that's great. And this other question: Why did you want to be included in the archive? You
1: know, it's a nice thing to be asked to talk about yourself, and it's a lovely thing to be offered okay. an opportunity to rabbit on about yourself, I don't, I really don't do that very often, you know, here alone in the studio, (laughs) and nobody really wants to hear my whole story, so, (laughs) so, you know, it's a, it's, it's a a very sweet thing to have a moment where somebody's, wants to know about you as an artist, and, you know, a female artist, it feels good, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome, thank you. (laughs)
0: You've been listening to The Oriole. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to be interviewed for the show, please feel free to reach out at theorealpodcast at gmail.com or send feedback or encouragement to that address. I'd love to hear from you. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating or review. It really helps and will ensure that these stories will make it to the ears of those who need to hear them. Thank you for listening.